4: Welcome into VEASAN's Betting Across America here on your Saturday afternoon, perhaps your Saturday morning here on the West Coast with us at the South Point in Las Vegas. Adam Candy joined from Colorado by James Salinas as we talk about the lines and odds from not just here at the Mecca of sports betting, but as we travel across the country to new markets like Colorado with all the sports betting options there, see what's happening out in the Rocky Mountains and beyond. Uh, We're going to talk to our buddy Wes Reynolds coming up here in just a little bit. He is at the Indy 500. He'll get you set for the big race. James and I will tell you about everything going on in the NBA playoffs, the National Hockey League, which is just about to wrap up round one. And as we said, the NBA is in full swing. Here at the moment, Uh, James, as you look at this Saturday, uh, what are you looking forward to the most here today?
5: Looking forward to some of these NBA matchups, Game 3 for starters, some of these games going on the road. In particular, really looking forward to that Jazz and Memphis Grizzlies series going off tonight, Game 3, with the Grizzlies being able to get that split on the road, but also seeing Donovan Mitchell get back into the lineup in Game 2 and look very sharp for the Utah Jazz. Interested to see both of those backcourts. I think they're both spectacular backcourts very unguardable backcourts, and they've both been unguardable so far this series. In particular, Ja Morant and the way he's played in in that series and game two where he just poured in 47 points and really got everything and anything that he wanted. That, to me, is going to be the best game on
4: the board. You know, what was interesting to me uh, watching that game two, James, was that as much as the Jazz showed what they can be as a full complement with Donovan Mitchell, they set a franchise record for most points scored, the Grizzlies didn't scare. Like, that was not a bad performance by the Grizzlies. It just looks like the Jazz, when they are at full strength, are just that much better, which makes it seem to me like these two games coming up in Memphis could both be wars. Absolutely, wars and scoring wars. I think
5: both teams, when we're talking about the backcourts for both teams, They're so difficult to guard with Conley and how how great ball handler, how shifty is his ability to shoot threes as well as get his teammates involved and the way that the Utah Jazz space the floor to create driving lanes to drive and kick. Kind of the same thing for Memphis. Now Memphis is not a great three-point shooting team by any means, but they don't play that way. They know what their strengths are and it's really not only for Morant, but also with Dylan Brooks. We've seen the emergence of Dylan Brooks the second half of the season and definitely in the playoffs too, how aggressive he's been. I think what I like about the backcourt for memphis is different style of guard where it's not the step back shoot it's hey we're physical we're aggressive and we like to initiate contact we're not a played we're not afraid to play through contact draw some whistles and not looking for whistles but like to finish and sometimes you get players that have that physical nature about them they need that contact to be able to finish and both of those guys fit that bill i just think it's going to be an exciting matchup especially in the backcourts for both teams
4: Well, we're coming off what was a great evening last night, Game 7 between the Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild. Golden Knights get Max Pacioretty, their number one scorer, back, and they looked every bit the part. And now we get the series, James, that I think everybody was looking for, the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. These could be two of the best teams in the NHL. Playing in the second round, uh, I've seen Avalanche as big as minus 200 favorites.
5: It was $2 here when it opened. Now, this didn't, I didn't see any overnights out here in Colorado. I don't know if it's because I'm here. Maybe so. But I did see $2 when it opened. Now, currently just checking it. It is ticked down. Now, it's Colorado in for, for tonight at $1.85. And the series is sitting at $1.85 in favor of the abs, too. So, I think there's plenty to look at here. I'm probably not going to get involved with game one tomorrow. But I will get involved
4: with the series because I think it's going to be a great series. And I think it's going to be a series that runs pretty deep. I agree with you, and when I look at this price here and see the Golden Knights plus 165. It actually reminds me of how I felt about the Golden Knights' previous series. I took the Minnesota Wild before that series at plus 210, in large part because that series felt like a coin flip to me. And, hey, you got a coin flip. You played seven games, and plus 210 felt like way too big a price. Well, the Golden Knights are a better team than the Minnesota Wild. They just didn't match up particularly well. And these Colorado Avalanche are the best team in the league. But we saw during the season the Golden Knights played them all the way to basically a draw. They ended up with the same amount of points. Colorado won the president's trophy and that number one seed based largely upon the fact that they had more regulation wins. Beeson's betting across America is live from Las Vegas and Denver. Madam Candy joined by James Salinas as we go through not only what is happening in the NHL, like with the Golden Knights and the Avalanche, but back in the National Basketball Association with the first game of the day between the bucks and the heat uh james i don't know what we can say about these miami heat coming off that game three because the common wisdom out there was well miami's going home they went to overtime with milwaukee in game one and we've seen so many times that an eric spolstra pat riley team rallies in that kind of situation And the Miami Heat showed up and looked like they had their tee times all set for the offseason and were just looking to play out the string. They are four and a half point dogs at home today. Total 222 with a 135 Eastern start. So do you believe the Heat have any rally left in them, James, or did Game 3 show you that this team is done for the year? feels like they're done.
5: Think Looking at the, maybe, maybe it's both ways. I think for the Heat, just not, I, I don't know what adjustments they can make. I think from game one, and I think that was the, that obviously was the only competitive game in these three games of the series, and it was a great game. Back and forth game, goes to overtime. Middleton hits a, a big fadeaway jumper to win that game, and I feel like for the Bucks, that was really the the key for them. They needed to win game one to just get the pressure off of them. and All the talk about how poorly they performed last year in the bubble against those Miami Heat and really completely got outcoached, outworked on the floor, were never in that series. I think all that was really building and building leading up into this series opportunity for the Bucks to, to shed that moniker of being failure in the playoffs, and now all that pressure was off them in Game 1, and they've played like it. They've played loose, they've been, been the more confident team, and they've been the more consistent team when it comes to getting players in, in, engaged and involved collectively on the floor and off the bench, and I think the biggest catalyst for that has been Drew Holiday, who was not in that series or on that Bucks roster last year. He has basically been, both offensively and defensively, great ability to guard on the ball be able to guard multiple positions and put great ball pressure on on miami's guards but also offensively really get them into a rhythm and get guys being able to facilitate to penetrate find guys open looks get them good high quality shots to their strength and i think that that's really what we've seen out of milwaukee so it was a huge shot by middleton in that game one and just miami dealt with injuries and COVID all season long never really felt connected in the last couple weeks when they finally got their roster back intact. But how much did that take out of them losing in that game uh, the way that they did in overtime in game one? Just haven't really seen. Like you said, for game three, Adam, really disappointed with the level of intensity and effort that we saw out of the heat. Yeah, it looked like their bags were backed for summer vacation. Here, I'm not going to chase anymore. I'm not going to do any chasing here. I'm stuck with two tickets. I didn't take the heat or the bucks in the series. I bet the series to go six games and seven games at a couple plus prices, I don't think that's obviously going to happen. I think Milwaukee probably sweeps them today. At Sitting at four and a half right now, a little bit of juice towards the Bucks at $1.15. If I was going to play it, that'd probably be the way that I'd go is take the Bucks because I did not like what I've seen out of Miami in games
4: two or three. I'll tell you where I might be looking here, James, because I have the same impression as you that Miami is just about done with the exception of, of Jimmy Butler. Uh, Jimmy Butler's not the kind of player who's going to roll out on that court and look like he has reservations on South Beach for later tonight. Like Jimmy Butler's going to lay it out there. I might be looking at his props in this game. 23 and a half is a number I think is well within his range. And look, what happened in that last game is he actually was playing pretty well and he's one of the only ones. I had played Jimmy Butler under total points, rebounds, assists, 38 and a half. Just thinking that, the heat in general, weren't going to give him the opportunity to get those assists. I didn't think he was going to get on points and rebounds. Um, This is the last stand. And this is the last chance for the heat to come out and do something in the series. I don't think they come out and play well enough to win, but I also don't think you're getting Jimmy Butler off the court in this game. He played every minute of that game until the last five minutes on Thursday. And when you think about what the situation was for the heat, they were done in that game by the middle of the second quarter. I think Jimmy Butler is still a reasonable, uh, bet to go out there and at least get over that point prop 23 and a half minus 115 i'd be taking a gander at the over on that one that game of course is getting started here in just about 25 minutes so get your wagers in if you're interested there man oh man james this is actually the one that i'm looking forward to the most the next game on the card your hometown denver nuggets visiting the portland trailblazers denver up two games to one in the series after just a Gutty performance in Game Three, going into the Moda Center and getting themselves home court back. Blazers are four and a half point favorites. Total of 227. And before I hand this over to you to talk about your breakdown of the two teams, I'll just take a minute to talk about the total, the 227. Every game in this series has finished at least 232 on the total. I have bet every game in this series over. Uh, I have won every game in this series over. I am going to bet it over again because the Portland Trailblazers are an offensive factory for both teams. They are going to allow you to score and they are going to score points. And I frankly, James, I'm surprised that these totals haven't adjusted based on what we've seen between these teams through three games.
5: For Portland, for sure, especially trying to guard Joker. Joker's just been – he's been able to get anything and everything that he wants, whether it's at the basket, stepping away, whoever they're trying. They had Carmelo Anthony having to guard him at, at, at multiple times in that game three. And, and I think for the Nuggets, that's where – talk about handicapping this was my part of my handicap the only bet that i've been engaged with for the series was portland to win in six and i was feeling good about their position coming off that sweep or that split in denver coming back home and hoping that they'd hold serve to get there and have portland be able to close this series out in six games plus 420 is the number i had now i don't like my position at all just based on not that we thought portland or i thought portland was going to find ways to to defend joker but ultimately i'd I haven't seen any adjustments from Portland on the defensive side when it comes to who's coming off the bat. I mean, Cantor has been non-existent. I don't think Stotts feels comfortable with him out there whatsoever and then Nurkic has been getting abused. He fouled out the other night and can't play defense without fouling and then the backcourt for Denver. That's really where I was looking with going with Portland the advantage there with their backcourt not only with Lillard and McCollum but 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 feeling like for Denver you're having Austin Rivers who wasn't who was sitting around for two months when he got released from New York because of the Derrick Rose trade and then Facu Campazo coming over as a 30 year old rookie from Argentina having to step into the role as a playmaker he was just coming off the bench but we know all the injuries for Denver and all that they've suffered but the one thing that you got to factor in with those two players is those guys come in hungry they got nothing to lose they came in hungry and they were clearly the hungrier tougher mentally tougher team and players in that game and then Austin Rivers goes off for 16 points in the fourth quarter now Adam, is that going to happen again? I'm not going to bank on that. I'm not going to count on that. But right now, I just I I don't like what we've seen out of Portland. I don't know where they go defensively to make any kind of adjustments. I think it's only going to get worse. So to your point, as far as the over is uh, the total is concerned, I'm right there with you. The only way I could play this is looking at the over again, thanks to Portland and their
4: inept defense. Tell you what, James. Austin Rivers scores 16 points in the fourth quarter tonight. I will come in here and do this show tomorrow wearing an Austin Rivers jersey. (laughs) I will find one somewhere in Las Vegas, and I will put on my Austin Rivers jersey for tomorrow and do the entire show in it because he's not scoring 16 points. In the fourth quarter, again, Uh, Nikola Jokic in this series is averaging. And I mean, these numbers are ridiculous at 36 points and 12 rebounds per game. Not like it's any less ridiculous for Damian Lillard at 38 points per game and nine assists. And the points prop on both of these guys is 32 and a half. And James, I, I think it would be over or bust for me. I don't know that I can play an under on Jokic or Lillard. No, thank you. I'm right there with you. I can't. I, I think for
5: both, I think the one thing about Joker, Joker, for sure, I don't see any which way that Portland is going to be able, they've, they've tried multiple defenders on him, and they just don't have any post, posterior defense, and so I think they're out of answers there, and Joker is not only being able to abuse whoever he gets on him, he gets them into foul trouble as well, but I think the one piece when we're talking about Lillard is some of the adjustments now that Coach Michael Malone has made, throwing Aaron Gordon on him on on certain possessions now Gordon with the with the reach the length the size to really make it difficult for Lillard we know Lillard has the the range as soon as he steps across half court will shoot it and he'll shoot it from the circle and we've seen that multiple times that he can make that too but I think his shot selection uh, is can be questionable sometimes it was five out of 16 shooting three-pointers when really I felt like any time that Gordon was on him he should be trying to, to beat him to the basket stretch it out play five out and open up some driving lanes but he settled a lot and he Started to settle further and further away from the basket as far as shot selection is concerned. So I think you're going to see, I think we'll see a very determined effort out of the Blazers tonight to make up for that poor performance in game three. But as far as the the point totals are concerned for both of those players, I'm right there with you, Adam. I can't bet the under against either of those guys because I think they're going to be able to put up big numbers again.
4: If you live in a market that has live player props, and of course that is probably the minority of folks out there, Uh, see how they're working Damian Lillard probably in the first six or seven minutes of the game. I would not be at all surprised if Terry Stotts tries to find some pick and roll opportunities to maybe get Aaron Gordon or whoever that primary defender is off Damian Lillard. See if you can get one of the bigs to him. See if you can get Joker to have to guard him in space at some point and just give Damian Lillard a little more opportunity to create for this team uh, and keep an eye on that prop from that perspective. 76ers and the wizards are playing game three at seven o'clock Eastern tonight. Um, look, I don't think there's a lot of doubt left in this series as to what's going to happen. James, uh, the sixers from top to bottom are a better team than the wizards. Uh, but I looked at this series earlier this week and thought to myself, it would not shock me if the 76ers sweep the series and the Wizards cover every game. Uh, and, you know, obviously that did not happen in game two as a blowout in the second game. Sixers are laying six and a half on the road, total of 228, Wizards plus 210 on the money line. Uh, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, look, they're, they're playing to the, top level of ability that they have at this point, and they don't have enough firepower, but do you think six and a half on the road for the Sixers is too much to lay? You
5: mentioned Russell Westbrook. Let's see what his status is. Let's see how he gets onto the court tonight. Did roll his ankle in that game, too, and had to go out of the game. Did not practice yesterday either. I suspect he'll probably play, but how effective is he going to be with his ankle? How badly did he sprain that? So I think that's part of the that's got to be part of the handicap here. Uh, but as far as Beal is concerned, Beal now coming back a couple of weeks removed from that hamstring injury. Playing very well. Playing with a lot of confidence. Looks like he's getting healthy game by game so I think Beal is one of those players that is capable of putting up 30 35 even 40 points in these games especially against the Sixers team that really Adam I think that's what I want to see I don't know if I'll get involved with this Uh, maybe with the Wizards plus the month plus the points here I don't want to take them to win the game and and lay that or or take that big price on the money line because I think you're right I think with the Sixers this should be a sweep but I need to see it all the talk about if you're a championship contender which the Sixers are should be as the number 1 seed rolling in there and all the talk about it uh, of how they're going to compete for the Eastern Conference championship. This these are the kind of games that you got to go in and now especially against the Wizards team that you're clearly superior to and a banged up Wizards team with Westbrook, these are the kind of games as a Philadelphia 76ers championship contending team, you got to go in and lay the hammer to it. No let up. The, it's all about the mental mental Approach to this game for the Sixers and it always starts on the defensive end So that's where I think I would be more looking maybe with this total with the Sixers or team total against the Wizards uh, Basically just thinking out if you're a true championship contender here Philly You got to bring it on the defensive end the other part here, too I was looking at some of the player props with Tobias Harris now He's had a great series so far in the first two games did tweak his ankle in game two. He did practice Sparingly yesterday. What is his status going in? to this game how effective is he going to be I think we'll see him on the court but how effective will he be with that ankle I know he's been scoring and he gets plenty of opportunities to score against the whiz here Adam but looking at 21 and a half with the bum ankle and maybe not as many minutes on the floor tonight I might be looking at playing Tobias Harris on the under especially like you talked about if you have the opportunity to play live in-game props which I do out here in Colorado
4: that's probably where I'm looking in this game See, we clearly have been working together for a little while now because everything on the prop board, that was the first thing that my eyes went to. The 21 and a half is an aggressive number on Tobias Harris. If you think he's going to continue to shoot 21 times per game, then yeah, it is hard to say under on that. However, factor in a couple of things, as you said, the ankle in the first place, and if your handicap is that the Sixers are going to be a team where Tobias Harris is scoring a ton of points, He's probably not going to play a lot of minutes either. If you think this is a blowout for the Sixers, then you shouldn't be playing a lot of overs on the Philadelphia 76ers because you might think that by the third quarter, this game is over, especially if Russell Westbrook can't go. He's listed as questionable with that ankle on the injury report as of overnight. And I'm looking up now and seeing we have about 10 minutes until the initial injury report comes out for this morning. I doubt we'll get a lot more information on Westbrook. It's probably a game time decision for him. But yeah, Tobias Harris averaging 28 points per game in the series. Um, This could be the only opportunity you have to play Bradley Beal at what is a reasonable number for Bradley Beal. It's 31 and a half on that prop. And look, if Russell Westbrook uh, does not play, that number is going to tick up by one or two. Uh, I don't think that's a terrible play on Bradley Beal in what is a must win game for the Washington Wizards. Uh, He's averaging just about 26 field goal attempts per game in this series, which tells me Bradley Beal is pretty close to healthy again uh, or as healthy as he's going to get for the rest of the year. So uh, there's a little bit of juice on it uh, from what I'm seeing right now at that 31 and a half on Bradley Beal, minus 25 at the moment. But that tells you that if you want the 31 and a half, you better get it now. Uh, Even if Russell Westbrook plays, I think the worst that happens is maybe the juice goes off that. I don't think it's going down to the point where you're getting a 30 and a half on Bradley Beal for this game. Uh, other props available. Joel Embiid, 30 and a half. Ben Simmons, 14 and a half. Rui Hachimura at 13 and a half. When we come back, we've got some more NBA talk as well as a look at the National Hockey League, both first round and second round on Betting Across America from v with basketball hockey and baseball games every week it's time to get into mgm sports nevada premier sports betting app BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Thanks for joining us on Betting Across America here from VEASAN and VEASAN.com with James Salinas in Denver. I'm Adam Candy here at the South Point Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Kind of weird in the NHL today, James, where we're going to have both a game six in the first round and a game one in the second round because, of course, the North Division got a little bit of a late start as they were making up some games from COVID absences. Uh, Not a lot of people expected the Montreal Canadiens to keep the series alive in game five built a big lead over the Maple Leafs gave that lead away uh, over on primetime action. We gave you a couple of winners on Toronto Maple Leafs puck line throughout that game where they were catching two and ended up obviously uh, winning on that. They go to Montreal today. For the first time in more than 440 days, there will be fans in a building in Canada. Only 2,500 of them, but James, I think when you factor in the exchange rate, uh, it's going to sound like 250,000 in Canada today for this game. Leafs minus 185, Canadians plus 165, total 5.5 with a 7.38 Eastern start. Uh, The simple question, do you think the Toronto Maple Leafs can finish this series out after coming close on Thursday?
5: Because I have a bet on this series, I'm going to say yes, because I'm hopeful that they'll close this out. I, I have I have a, a chalky bet is what I made. They're a part of a, a three-team series parlay. I did it with Co- Colorado as well as Carolina, which both obviously finished out. And It's paying plus 170 for the Leafs. Now, it wasn't in any uh, whether it was four or five, six games. It was just to win the series outright. So that's what I'm hoping for here. Could potentially get involved with the hedge, but I'm, I'm hopeful, and I, I like the Leafs in this Spot, even though there will be some fans in the stands, and Habs fans for that matter, which could sound like, to your point, the exchange rate, 2500 could be $250,000. they are going to be rocking and rolling in the Bell Center tonight. But I think here, if you were going to get involved with the Leafs, so I'm not going to get involved in the series because I've already got a position on it, Adam, but I think this is where, if, depending on the markets you're in and the opportunities that you have for different, whether it's alternative prices, those types of things, did some research here, and I was like, okay, right now, the Maple Leafs to win this game tonight are sitting at two dollars, pretty hefty price for a team to go on the road and close out uh, in in Montreal tonight. But you dig around and you can find a few other, in a sense, like series props. Where I have one here: will the series end? Uh, will it go over or under six and a half games? Under six and a half games is sitting there at a dollar sixty-five, which obviously it means that the the Toronto closes out that series. So if you like Toronto rather than laying two dollars, that's the way I would go. I'd find alternate prices here so something like the series price sitting at a to close out under six and a half games I think just it's a matter of having the time to do the digging around if you have those opportunities in your market like we do out here in Colorado but ultimately Adam I'm just going to let this series price play out and hope that yes the Leafs do close this series out tonight this way I don't have to sweat a game seven
4: I would never say that a price is a mistake, but James, I think you might have uncovered something that uh, was left behind and might be a little bit stale. Get that price if you can. That minus 165 to close it out in uh, six and a half games is significantly better than what the game price is for today. Uh, That is something that would be a great opportunity if uh, if you have that chance in game six between the Maple Leafs and the canadiens and look the canadiens have actually played relatively strong hockey in this series uh they had a big lead ended up holding on in game five that's a great dog price on a team that uh, has found its scoring just a little bit enough in that game five in order to keep this thing going that was the problem they beliefs had really struggled to put the puck in the back of the net, but they did so twice in the first period. Uh, Managed to kill my first period under bet uh, in the process of doing that in the last game. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about the Bruins and the Islanders as the show goes along here. Game one over in the East as the Boston Bruins are minus 200 favorites in this series against the uh, New York Islanders today. Minus 190, Isles plus 170, uh, the total is five, and that is not surprising. That the total is five. You're gonna have to pay minus twenty-five on the over. And look, anytime you can get a five total in the NHL, uh, under is a dicey play at best, and over is certainly worth a look as we get that game going at eight oh eight Eastern Time tonight. Coming back in just a moment here on Veasan, the sports betting network. Baseball season is in full swing, so it's the perfect time to work on cashing tickets every day. Our VEASAN experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet, including live odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com slash and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now's the time to start your free trial and take advantage of all the betting opportunities this baseball season at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. This is Betting Across America. You're joining us from Las Vegas and Denver today. Adam candy here in Nevada, James Salinas in Colorado. It was such a popular segment. We heard from scores and scores of listeners and viewers who said, which team doesn't belong. You got to keep doing that. You got to come back with it every single week. And here we are again, odds to win the NFC championship. Which of these teams, James Salinas does not belong. The Minnesota Vikings. The Washington football team, the Carolina Panthers are all 30 to one. You can tell me which team doesn't belong because they should be at longer odds. You can tell me which team doesn't belong because it should be at shorter odds. So James, which team doesn't belong?
5: Adam, I think the the, the feedback from all the listeners and viewers, that they wanted to hear you sing that song that we remember from our, our childhood when it came to which one of these things doesn't belong here. So I think in this case here, I'd love to hear that song from you again, but we'll digress and move forward. Uh, thinking about here, it, it, to me, clearly, between these three teams that are listed, it, it jumps out to me as going to be the Panthers, uh, all the changes that they're doing you got Sam Darnold at the quarterback position what I have no idea what we're gonna see out of Sam Darnold was it the Jets situation being there with Adam Gase is he gonna now be able to flourish outside of New York potentially here but it's not an offensive line that I'm in love with with Carolina and and defense either where I don't think they have much of a pass rush and didn't do much to upgrade their pass rush in the off season. but Ultimately, the biggest piece for me, Adam, is the fact that look at the division that they play in. They've got a tough schedule to begin with, and then the division sitting there. You have Tampa Bay, the defending Super Bowl champions, in your division that not only are you going to have to play twice, you're going to have to go through them through the division, and ultimately, you're going to have to go through them to get to through the NFC. So I just can't see that happening. So if those three teams, that's the first one that jumps off to me, is the Carolina Panthers. They need to be out of that list.
4: One of these things... Is not like the others. One of these things just doesn't belong. Can you tell me which thing is not like the others by the time I finish my song? I will not give you the full musical version because I don't want people to turn this off immediately. But just <laughs> it's just a little taste of uh, what we could be doing for this segment. Um, Washington football team for me, James. Uh, this team, I think, should be at shorter odds. I'm big on what this team's potential could be this year. Ron Rivera leading that defense. That was one of the best front sevens in all of the NFL last year. They get consistent pressure on the quarterback. And on the other side, look, what was the limiting factor for this team? It was the quarterback position. And they bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick and say what you want about Ryan Fitzpatrick and the interceptions and so on. There are very few games that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the reason you're not in the game. And there are plenty of reasons, times that he is the reason that you're in the game. The Washington football team has the benefit of playing in a terrible division, and you look at this schedule, and it is not the most intimidating schedule you're going to see in the National Football League. In fact, if you look at the last six games here, and you see how they finish at the Raiders, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. They play the last five games of their season in that terrible division. Uh, I think you could probably reasonably make a case not only for Washington to win this division, but also to be a contender in the NFC, largely based on the fact that they have one of the straightest paths to the playoffs. And that's what you're looking for right now is, look, take out the variance. Tell me how does a team actually get there in the first place and have the opportunity to do something. So that's where I would go in that matchup. We have another which team doesn't belong for some teams that are a little better odds. The Dolphins, the Patriots, the Cardinals are all 16 to 1 to win their conference championships. Uh, obviously, two of these teams in the same division. The Cardinals play in that tough NFC West. James, at 16 to 1, which team doesn't belong?
5: I'll go right with the last team you mentioned there with the Cardinals, just because, number one, that division, uh, to me, that's the toughest division, top to bottom, in in the NFL, and thinking about the teams that they're going to have to go through, we know what the Rams have done uh, at the quarterback position for an upgrade, and move on from Jared Goff, and uh, defensively, they're going to be solid, they did have some transition at the in the safety position for the Rams, so I want to see how those young guys step in, I think that's the biggest question mark for me for the Rams, as well as San Francisco now, hopefully, if as long as they don't have the injury bug that they had last year, they were a six and 10 team last year because of all the injuries, they're going to have a last place schedule. I think it's very advantageous for the 49ers and for the Cardinals, they've made some interesting offseason moves to, to upgrade some positions that especially defensively that they had some issues with, but I, I'm just still not sold on Kingsbury as the coach there, as well as Kyler Murray as the quarterback to lead you through the NFC. So I think they are probably the third, if not fourth, Fourth best team in their own division. So you got to get through to your division first. If you can't get through your division, it's going to be difficult to make the playoffs. So that's the one that jumps off to me right there is having to be removed from that list. I think their odds are too short. They should be longer when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals.
4: Well, James, I'm going to play right off what you just said about teams that are going to be, let's say, longer shots to make it through their division. And the New England Patriots are going to have to show me a lot more uh, than the combination of what I saw from that team last year. And the fact that Cam Newton is coming back as the likely starting quarterback with Mac Jones behind him. Uh, the Patriots and the Dolphins being the same number doesn't really compute to me. I think this Dolphins roster top to bottom has more talent. Uh, as much as I'm not even a fan of Tua Tagovailoa, I at least can see the upside into a tongue of Iloa, and I don't know that that's there for Cam Newton I think we saw last year pretty well what a best case scenario looks like maybe this price has the possibility of Julio Jones coming baked in and giving the Patriots a weapon on the outside but they have zero weapons on the outside right now I know people are gassed up on the fact that they have a lot of guys coming back in from opt-outs especially on the defensive side of the ball but if you look at that division The Buffalo Bills are a reasonable bet to win the AFC, not only that, but the Super Bowl. And the Dolphins, I think you have to say right now, like I said, that roster is just better than what the Patriots have. And so I don't see a very clear path for the Patriots to get through their division. And then if you talk about the fact that the Cardinals are in the NFC at 16 to 1, the Patriots are in the AFC at 16 to 1. James, I'm pretty sure the Kansas City Chiefs only play in one of those two conferences, and it is the AFC. So I have to factor that in anytime I look at a future for an AFC championship and say, is this team equipped to play against the Kansas City Chiefs, let alone teams that have improved like the Cleveland Browns or the Buffalo Bills? So I'll go ahead and take the Patriots out of that one, say I think they should be longer than 16-1 to uh, when we come back here on Bay Across America. We're going to head out to Indianapolis. We're going to talk to our man, Wes Reynolds, about the Indy 500. What's the scene out there in Indy, and who does Wes like in the race? It's betting across America from Las Vegas, Denver, and Indy on Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
2: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday,
4: Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $100 if you place a $1 wager on any NBA playoff game and either team hits a three-pointer. It's going to happen. That's regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code VSYN100 when you place your first bet. Enjoy the playoffs more than ever with BetMGM. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia and Washington, D.C. only excludes Michigan dissociated persons please gamble responsibly gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia and D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania and West Virginia 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee, call or text the red line 800-889-9789 in Indiana, call one 800 With it, this promotional offer is not available in Nevada. This is Betting Across America from Las Vegas, Denver, and Indianapolis in just a moment where our friend Wes Reynolds will join us to talk about the Indy 500. Let's get you updated on what's happening live here across the sports spectrum. The Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks. Miami has an early lead, 12-10 over the Bucks. The Bucks are 2.5 point. Uh, favorites at the moment with a total of 216 and a half got a couple of baseball games underway as well pirates and the rockies it is three nothing pittsburgh early on the pirates uh, no money line available on this game you have a total of four and a half up on the board juice to the under Two first inning runs for the Tampa Bay Rays off Zach Wheeler and the Rays lead the Phillies to nothing. Uh, total sitting at seven. Rays big favorites minus 455. Phillies coming back at plus 325. Uh, as we mentioned, we got a couple of NHL games coming up today. Canadiens and Maple Leafs, uh, as well as the Islanders and the Brewers and more NBA. In fact, NBA as far as the eye can see here throughout the rest of the day. But uh, that's not the only action we have going uh we of course have one of the biggest races of the year the indianapolis 500 and to talk about that uh he is the host of and i sometimes i say a program in this spot but he is the host of everything on vsin v sports betting network anytime you turn on Beeson, there is a chance, I would say probably at least a, uh, you know, a small favorite that you're going to find Wes Reynolds talking about something on this network. He's in Indianapolis right now, uh, point spread, Weekly contributor and Beeson host Wes. Uh, how you doing, man? Set the scene for us from Indy.
6: Adam James, uh, greeting from a very chilly Indianapolis weekend here. It's supposed to warm up a little bit tomorrow, be about right at a high of 70, but, all month, the temperatures have been about low 80s, high 70s here for practice. And then it was chilly yesterday, so a lot colder temperatures. It was rainy, so carb day, the final practice did get postponed to later in the afternoon. But it's going to be an interesting race here. I think it's kind of a race when you look at it. There's about 12 to 15 drivers that I think could win this race, and it wouldn't shock me. Yet, I think you probably have the clearest favorite that you've had in several years in this race, and that would be Scott Dixon.
5: Wes so take us through your handicapping process when it comes to the Indy 500 talk about you talked about Dixon now and he's going to be sitting in pole position Uh, do you factor in position of where where cars are sitting before it starts is it a matter of experience for the drivers is it a matter of what is their team and what car are they driving we know Honda has been very uh, has great success recently in the Indy 500 what is your process that you take when you start to bet on this race
6: yeah james it's kind of all of the above that you listed there like i said about scott dixon number one driver fastest car so far on pole he was also fastest yesterday third lap of the session rolls off a 228 plus and race trim so they're absolutely ready to go he's in the preferred honda hondas have been quicker than the chevys all month so i'm taking not only driver experience because if you look at dixon he is one win away from tying Mario Andretti for second all-time in terms of IndyCar wins, of course, AJ being tops with 67. But the one blemish, I guess you could say, on Dixon's career is that he's only won 1 Indy 500, and that was back in 2008. He's just now turned 40, best car, best driver, best race strategist. Probably the best price you're going to get at him is 4-1, though. But I take into account positioning and then I was thinking Honda was having the really huge edge over Chevy and it, I think it still does in terms of straight line speed but in race trim the team that's been down and they were down last summer when they ran that in August was the team Penske team with four cars and that's Will Power, Simon Pagenaud, Scott McLaughlin, also Joseph Newgarden but they all found some speed in race trim yesterday so you can't really dismiss the Penske's just when you were ready to kind of dismiss these guys they're going to be probably right in the mix, at least a couple of them. And plus it's a long race. So you get fuel mileage. It depends on the timing of the yellows. The weather should be clear. So we shouldn't have any delays, but, What I'm going to be curious about with the colder temperatures a little bit from where they've been practicing, you're not going to have so much tire wear or tire degradation, but you are going to have restarts where you get some of these young guys. you got two uh, kids at 20 and 21 years old that are on the front row next to Scott Dixon and they're future stars in this sport. But when you're on cold tires on a restart, you can spin these cars and, and that's what kind of concerns you. So it's going to be a long race, but obviously Dixon's the guy to be
4: West Reynolds hosts of many different programs here on the network contributor point spread weekly, joining us from Indianapolis and West. We know that as we talked about betting across America here, many markets will have the ability to bet on the race live. Uh, you talked about a couple of things there, but what else will you be watching for as the race goes on? Let's say you're someone who is interested in uh wanting to bet live on the Indy five hundred. What information are you taking in?
6: Well, the what well, I mentioned earlier about the Hondas have been much faster than the Chevrolets, but there's one team with the Chevrolet, one of the Bowtie Brigade that did find speed this month, and that was Ed Carpenter racing. So That team is Ed Carpenter, Renus VK, who is on the front row with Scott Dixon and Colton Herta, and also uh, Connor Daly is a little bit back in the field. And they've had the speed. They're the only Chevy team that has, but I want to see how they're going to do a little bit on race day. Connor Daly seemed to be the only one of them that got the speed yesterday, but all they have to do is basically just copy that setup. So when you're looking at to win the race, Carpenter, who is a local Indianapolis guy, 22 to one, VK 14 to one. He actually won the road course, the Grand Prix here earlier in the month. And then Connor Daly is a big price at about 50 to one. If you want to go a little bit down the board, so that's the team I'm really watching to make sure that they have the speed on race day that they had in qualifying and all through practice throughout the month.
5: Wes, you mentioned the the top three who's in the fir- who's in the first row. It's, we've got Dixon there and the couple young fellas that are up right there with him. thinking about the last three winners have come from that first row, but you in this race in addition to Dixon, you've got eight other former champions in the field this year and you talked about experience now collectively their average start position of those champions are sitting in 14th spot. so kind of a, a, a bit back but are there any kind of like, when you talking about experience, Uh, And some of these former winners, does that factor into your handicap as far as maybe some long shots out there to bet on tomorrow?
6: It does, James, because you really don't see a lot of 20-somethings win this race. The last one to do it was Alexander Rossi several years ago. So he is now in his late 20s. So you've got this influx of young talent with Colton Herta at 21 years old, with BK at 20 years old, with Alex Filo, who is Scott Dixon's teammate, who I took. At 15 to 1, who's just 24 years old. And you've got a lot of 20 somethings. This is the best group of talent, probably in fusion, that we've had in this sport in about 20 to 25 years. But experience tends to win here. So you look at a guy who's in his late 40s, Tony Canan, who's only a part time driver, just doing the Opals right now. He is Scott Dixon's teammate, former champion. This is the best car he's had in several years. And he is 15 to 1. But you oftentimes don't see guys in their late 40s win this either. So I look at experience, not necessarily a former winner. One guy to keep an eye on, I think, and you can get him maybe close to 20 to 1 from what I've seen, is Graham Rahal, who is never really a good qualifier. And he, of course, is the son of Bobby Rahal, who won this thing in 1986, and never really a good qualifier but always seems to get there in the end. And he did so last year. He finished third behind Takuma Sato and Scott Dixon. Takuma Sato, of course, now a two-time winner of this race. So in terms of experience, I'd be looking maybe at Ray Hall. I'd be looking at Ryan Hunter. Ray at 30-1, to nobody's talking about him. He's like the guy nobody ever talks about, but somehow it's like, oh, yeah, he's here. And then all of a sudden he's at the front at the end. (laughs)
4: Wes, a couple minutes left here, and I know that despite the fact that you are tracking the Indy 500 closely, that is not the only thing that you're tracking today. I know you have some other plays, and, of course, we've got a two-horse race right now in golf as well at the Charles Schwab Challenge between Spieth and Kochrack.
6: Yeah, hopefully the uh, Kochrack horse gets there because that's the one I bet, Adam. But uh, (laughs) I'll be following that and then looking at the NBA. I'm hopeful Miami can pull this off because I have a bucks and five and a bucks and six ticket. In terms of exact margin, so hopefully the Heat don't get swept. The only other basketball game I bet today was the Sixers minus six, and I don't usually like to lay a lot of road favorites, especially in the NBA. But I, I look at Wash—I look at Washington, and they're just absolutely outmatched. The first game, that was I think their shot, maybe, to go and win when they got beat in foul trouble. And he wasn't in foul trouble last game, and this all happened in 2095. Sixers defense held the Wizards to an offensive rating of 95.6. So I just think that the defense has, has these guys covered. They have no answer for Jill M M V. They have no size really down low. So Lopez and those guys are either going to have to let him score and let him beat them by themselves and try to stop everybody else, or they're going to have to foul him and send him to the line. So that's the only one I bet there. I do like the under in the hockey game, even though I've been playing overs in these elimination games, like the Knights game last night. But this is a defensive battle. Carey Price, I think, they've got to keep it so close to the best. Montreal's not scoring a lot of goals. It was a high-scoring game in Game 5 because Montreal got some ugly goals off Jack Campbell, so Toronto had to chase down 3 nothing. But I think you see a little bit sharper game. I'm on the under 5.5.
4: Wes Reynolds at the Indy 500. Thanks for the information, man. We will talk to you soon. VEASAN's Betting Across America rolls on in just a moment.